go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. You know who's two and zero and has two thumbs? And me, both of us. I was gonna be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh, one Kinda loss right. between the table. That's yeah, right. that's right. That's that's good. Good. There's only one loss at the table, and that's you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. One on one, I'll make my charge. That's all right. We're uh, Penn State Blake. Yeah, get a shot of him. Look, we got the camera <laughs> on him right now. Wave to the crowd. Say hello, Penn State Blake. There he is. There he is. Penn the legend himself. There you go. In the darkness with his two yes, losses. Yes. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, Lawrence Jackson. We have a loaded show today. We are talking about selling high on those off-the-hearts hot starts. Keep it open, close it out. Returns, of course, with Lawrence here. An early look at some Week 3 spreads. But guys... 2-0 fantasy managers drink free today. That's right. That's I drink free. I'm drinking free. You drink free. You drink free. You drink free. I'm drinking free. Lawrence is drinking uh, free. Wait a minute. You're all 2-0? Yeah. We're all 2-0. I'm going to have to study the tape on that one. I'm not sure. Hey, I don't got that, that many points, but I'm 2-0. 2-0 is 2-0. Better to be lucky than good. Lawrence, you're living life right. Is what That's clean living right there. Uh, you know who is not 2-0, and that's Blake. So we saw it in the, cl- in the clip. So Blake, I think, actually has to serve us the drinks, right? Again, once again, by the way, keep the counter at zero. Days in which Blake does not get thrown under the bus. Um, but, yeah, everyone out there, if you're 2-0, congratulations. Well done. You drink free tonight at the Happy Hour Bar. Uh, there's – you know what just happened just before we went on air? There is minor news that everyone's treating as major news. Let's get into We're this. Let's get it. It's our Roto World Player news. It. it is major news, according to Matthew Berry over it's here. It's not. <laughs> it's minor news. It's being treated as major news. Kareem Hunt agrees to a one-year, $4 million deal to return to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, this looks like a, a Jerome Ford fantasy manager yeah. right here to me. No. 80% this, fab how about, how about this? Yeah. How about this looks like somebody that watched effing football last yeah, year. I mean, How about that? Because you're like, oh, Matthew, fine. You prefer Jerome Ford over Cream Hunt. You know who else prefers Jerome Ford over Cream Hunt? The effing Cleveland Browns. Because that's what the choice they made this offseason. They were like, we're good <laughs> with Kareem Hunt going away because of the confidence we have in Jerome Ford. And you know who's excited about Kareem Hunt being on the free agent wire, being out there available to be signed? Literally no one. 31 teams took a look. 31 teams passed. He had some camp visits, and they were like, yeah, we're good. There were running back needy teams, the Saints, the Colts, and they were like, they took a look at him, and they were like, yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh, you want to leave us to go to Indianapolis? We'll see you. That's fine. Last year, last year, 3.8 yards per carry, career low. 4.8 4.8 yards per target, career low. Single-digit fantasy points in 14 of 17 games last year. 10 or fewer touches in 10 of 17 games last year. He was running back 47 on a points-per-game basis. So everyone's like, oh, my Kareem Hunt, he's a big name, and I get it, but not worried at all. He is a running back depth signing. It's only because of his previous success, candidly, with the Chiefs, and I guess somewhat with the Browns as well. But honestly, I still think this is Jerome Ford's backfield. I think he's there for depth, and they'll spell him a little bit. But barring a major injury to Jerome Ford, I don't think Kareem Hunt has standalone fantasy value this year. Yeah, um, I make the jokes, and you're definitely a little biased because you have four, but I'm, I'm going to agree. You got to. Like, they don't have any running backs on the roster. You got Jerome Ford, then you got Pierre Strong. So the Browns just needed a running back to have a running right. back. And why not have a running back uh, who was just with you last year? We saw what Kareem Hunt did last year. He wasn't as successful as his first couple of years with the Browns. So, at best, I could see him filling the same role that he had his last year to Nick Chubb. This time, he'll do it with Jerome Ford, who just went for 106 on 16 carries. So, that's nothing to just turn your head over either. Yeah, I don't think it's major news. I'm not sure it's my, it's like medium news, because, but I think it affects Jerome Ford more than it affects Kareem Hunt in exactly. a way where you don't have to be... Well, here's the thing. 
you have to be good to provide fantasy value, but you don't necessarily have to be good to ruin someone else's fantasy value. And I think that is the thing is, how much does he eat into Jerome Ford? I think the counter to that would be that Jerome Ford was never going to be a three-down workhorse back the way that uh, we hope that Chubb would come into the season. So there was probably always going to be someone cutting in, and you know, it's probably just going to be Kareem Hunt instead of Pierre Strong. I- I would argue the same situation that when Ramondre Stevenson got, when Ezekiel Elliott signed with the Patriots, sure. and we're like, we think this is actually the best possible case for Ramondre Stevenson because, again, like, if they had brought in, like, Leonard Fournette, if they had traded for Cam Akers, if somebody that we'd, if they traded for Jonathan Taylor, right? I mean, like, somebody that we'd seen be successful more recently, then you're like, oh, this is a little bit more nervous. But the fact, again, it has been over a year since we've seen Kareem Hunt look effective, look like the old guy that we used to have. And maybe, like, the time off is, you know, there's a little bit of fountain of youth. But, yeah, they were always, good, to Jay's point, they were always going to bring somebody in. And I'm actually glad that it's, you know, somebody who's Kareem Hunt, who the current coaching staff is very familiar with, and they've made their decision sort of on where they think these two running backs are. So I still think Jerome Ford is a – you know, top 20 running back the rest of the season. Do you think that Even Al- with like six, he'll play 65, he'll get 65% of the running back touches. Do you Maybe think 70. Do you think they're out on still bringing in another running back? I think if the opportunity presents itself, I think, you know, this week will be very telling. Yeah. You know, I mean, like they have, that's a team that's built to win right now. So right. I, I think that in two weeks, if, if they feel they need some help there, they will go out and add. But Jerome Ford has an opportunity here. And everything we saw against the Steelers and what we've seen in flashes since last year has made you think, like, this is a guy that can easily take the next step. Top first audition for Jerome Ford against a stout Titans run defense who no one has been able to run against for years at this point. So I would say that I would expect Jerome Ford to not have a great game this weekend, and then I I would trade trade for Jerome Ford for someone who is thinking that, oh, I'm getting the next Nick Chubb, and now Kareem Hunt's here. Oh, Jerome Ford's had a bad game. At that point, you trade for him. I agree. Another backfield we're keeping an eye on is the New York Giants as they're on the short week against the Niners on Thursday night football, and that's because Saquon Barkley dealing with a somewhat significant ankle injury. But Brian Dable after practice not ruling Saquon out just yet. Take a listen. As far as Saquon, I don't know if you care to share anything on his timeline, but obviously it seems like he's going to be out for at least some time. Do you... Well, I wouldn't count on that, Dan. Not just yet. Okay, I mean, safe to say be out on Thursday night? Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's he's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in, he's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to, to Thursday. But he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him. So we'll see we'll see where we're at. Brian Dable with the old, I'm not saying he's out, but I'm also not saying he's in. I've heard the I, other New York coach, Robert Saller, has not yet ruled Aaron Rodgers out of uh, right. the game against the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Brian Dable won't rule out Saquon Barkley, but you know what? I, I will. Yes. I'm going to officially rule out Saquon <laughs> Barkley. Make plans to not have Saquon Barkley in your lineup this week against the Niners. Yeah. Nice try, Brian Dable. I'm he almost had the, he almost had the happy hour. Just, I mean, they said it was three weeks, like, you know, <laughs> a couple of hours after it happened. Now, buddy, coming in here saying, like, don't rule him out. I mean, you could look at the injury right there. Like, dude just falling on the ankle. You know, he might be a quick healer, but this would be, like, legendary, historic-type stuff if he were able to play tomorrow night. Listen, if it was Week 18 and it's a game against, like, the Commanders to get into the playoffs, then sure, maybe he plays. But I think Week 3, short break against the 49ers run defense. Gary Brightwell can run into the line for one yard per carry, just like Saquon yeah. Barkley could against this team. I, right. I guess, look, never say never, but my expectation here is, and by the way, if Thursday night comes and he is active, then I think you probably have to start him and, you know, hope for the Ooh, best. Wow. That'll be something. I know. That, That'll be but something. But I don't think you're going to have to have that decision. I suppose it depends on what other options you have there. But my expectation here is that you should avoid the Giants' run game. On Thursday night. Other notable injuries that we are tracking. If you have to pick one, it's Brita over Brightwell. But like again, ideally, I would avoid. As you see right here, Joe Burrow still dealing with the calf injury. We'll see where he's at in a couple of days. Anthony Richardson, right before we sat down to record this show, uh, is still in concussion protocol. He will not practice Wednesday. So signs not really. It's not trending in the right direction for Anthony Richardson. And then Austin Eckler right after them, guys. There's no timetable for his return right now, Barry, for Austin Eckler. Yeah, that I, I don't know that there's, you know, no four scarier words in fantasy football than yeah. no timetable for return. Uh, you know, when because normally at least, I mean, even like, right, you're back to, it's three-week injury, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Dave Montgomery 
supposedly told Adam Schefter it's going to take me three weeks to get right. We'll see if he plays this week or not, but he feels like it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get in. Like even like Jonathan Taylor, theory like it's a four week injury, but he's going to be healthy. We're expecting Cooper Cup back after the four weeks. That's the current timeline. No timetable for Austin Eckler's return is like wait what? I'm sorry. I mean, does that mean he's done for the year? Does that mean he's like, like you know, done for two months? Like they just they don't know what it is. No timetable for his return. I I mean that's uh, so. I mean, Josh. I know Josh Kelly was not good this past week, but I do think he will find more success this week against a Vikings defense oh, yeah. that through the first two weeks of the season is a bottom three run defense. I mean, we just saw DeAndre Swift have a game of all ages against the Minnesota Vikings. So Josh Kelly should have a lot of success against the Vikings this Sunday in Minnesota. Um, this is, I mean, like, again, it's, I feel like this is being swept under the rug because there's so much talk about Nick Chubb, right? And, and then, you know, that's a week after Aaron Rodgers and J.K. Dobbins are out for the year. But, like, there's a scenario, guys, where Austin Eckler doesn't play this year. I mean, no timetable for his return is just... Right? It, Anyone it, else, it, like, super, it, like... It, it almost uh, sounds... It's, wait, like, guys? it's like hearing the word indefinitely. It's yes. like they're not giving you... Yeah. Like, you, if it's five weeks, say five weeks, and then at least we know. But they don't know. It could be five. It could be two. We could be surprised. Like, it, hey, Austin Eckler, full it, practice. It but. just feels like if it wasn't super serious, there'd be, hey, we'll reevaluate in week two week. weeks. We're week to week. We're day to day. We don't like. We don't think he's going to play against Minnesota, but we're hoping for the week after that. You know, like, could it not also just be Brandon Staley doesn't want to ask question, answer questions about it? And he's like, we don't have a specific timetable on him. Yeah. It is weird that there's no timetable to return on an ankle That's injury. That's the weird part. That like normally this is about like a, a hamstring, like Cooper Cup, or a degenerative knee or something. When it's an ankle, it feels like you should be able to diagnose that unless it's a, a high ankle sprain, which would be which would be a great concern. So I don't really know what you do. Like everyone has rostered Josh Kelly at this point. I think you just have to hope for the best with Eckler. Obviously not dropping it, him or anything. No, you're definitely not dropping him. Hopefully get more clarity and you know just add it to the long list of stuff that drives us crazy about Brandon Staley, <laughs> but um, the couple of positives here are is that Austin Eckler gets it. Austin Eckler is one of us, right? I mean, he is a fantasy player. He is a fantasy manager. He co-hosts a fantasy podcast. He's an investor in a, uh, <laughs> yeah, a fantasy newsletter company Drink. that I'm very Drink. fond of called FantasyLife.com. Can you text I was just about can to ask you the name of that. Yeah, it's FantasyLife.com. Yeah. Can you text this? your investors and find out if they're going to play? Yeah. I really should. I'm actually. actually in a league with Austin Eckler right now. And, uh, <coughs> Can you he, message him? Uh, no, uh, but I will say this: <laughs> he is two and zero in the league, so he drinks free as well. And he has, of course, Justin Herbert as his quarterback. Get well soon, Austin Eckler. Lawrence, one more on that <clears throat> list. Jim so anyway, Waddle. I just yes, I mean, but my point is, is that, all I was going to say is all those jokes aside, is that Eckler throughout his career has been very transparent usually with his injuries. Guys, I'm not going to go this weekend. Guys, he I know it's questionable, but I... Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah, Last so week he said go. pick up Josh Kelly, and he has previously been like, I know it says questionable, I'm playing Sunday. Don't worry, fantasy managers, yeah, I right. got you. Like, he's very aware and transparent. So hopefully, even though we're not getting any answers from Brandon Staley, we'll get some from Austin Eckler. But the fact that there's um, no timetable for his return... Anyway, another no injury for your turn is we're crazy. keeping an eye on. Jalen Waddell took the uh, head-to-head hit in the Patriots game by Marte Mapu. It was an unsportsmanlike penalty, so he's obviously dealing with a, what could be a significant head injury there as well. When you look at Waddell and that Dolphins offense potentially without him, how do you see that playing out? We've seen Tyreek Hill get a ton of volume, but how about everyone else? Yeah, I mean, definitely keep an eye on this as well. They have There's been no report of whether he's practicing uh, today or not, but he hasn't gotten off to the start that we all have liked wide receiver 37 so far, but he's still getting those big plays and efficient plays whenever he gets them. Uh, Just monitor this situation throughout the week. Should he not be able to go this week, you know, for the DFS players or if you need to put in a quick flex or something, uh, Braxton Berrios is the guy who lines up in three wide receiver sets. Uh, He's got uh, eight targets so far, not a lot, but he's played 56 snaps so far, and he is in the offense connected to Tua Tagovailoa. No love for River Craycraft? (laughs) I was was going to mention him, but he hasn't played as many snaps as River. I will say this. Their their numbers are similar, and he's got the touchdown. But, but, yeah, he's got the touchdown. But in three wide receiver sets, it's been uh, Braxton Berrios over – uh, River Craycraft. 
So we'll see how that plays out for the week, but certainly something to uh, watch there. Maybe some more love for Durham Smythe, our guy Durham Smythe, uh, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Or just Raheem Mostert touches it 25 times a yeah, game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll wait to see. I don't know what's going on in my throat here. Like it's something like, I don't know, they're holding There's down, no timetable for a throat. No, no timetable for my return. Maybe I should just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just sit yeah. here and, and drink, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, which is my normal, you know, standard operating procedure here. But I they're need playing, Blake to come out to the ball. It's a one, but I will just say this: it is a one o'clock game on Sunday. West Coast team traveling east. Denver Broncos coming east. Oh, we'll get to that. one. I mean, there. exactly. Think about that. Denver, uh, Denver, all the way, and they, they got a night in Miami. They get uh, out of Denver. Uh, uh, all the players uh, that get loss too. They still stressing off that loss. Like mm. they, they trying to, they trying to see what's happening in the Miami streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right. the next day, Braston Barrios uh-huh. go off on them. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Give me some River Cray crap. All right, guys, let's take I a look. I like the name better. Oh, no, and, right, right. Who's eating good? Served to you, of course, by Applebee's. These are players that have just yeah, had. Yeah. A really nice start to the season through the first two weeks, and we're going to figure out if they can keep this going. And, Jay, we start with Brian Robinson. Wait, our, hang on for a second. What was our bet last? You and I had a bet on Sunday yeah, it was, uh, for a steak it, dinner it, at Applebee's. It, what was- it, it, it was Desmond Ritter over Sam Howell. I won. Both of them was good, but Desmond Ritter was quarterback 10. Sam Howell was quarterback 14, so oh, now we sure are even. That? Desmond Ritter played one of the worst games of football I've ever I've seen. Ever he seen, ran into the end zone. He, ran into the, yeah. he, did, get, he did get a rushing touchdown Howell where Howell great. did not, but I, I feel like Ritter also had a are we Making up Blake, hey Blake I know I've you got the laptop right here hey Blake I know you've I've thrown you under the bus but uh can I um I you can I I will praise you if you can uh find stats that show that Sam Howell had a better fantasy day than Desmond Ritter last week no, I thought Desmond, looks like I thought ah, was ah, right? ah, Ritter was QB 10 and Sam Howell was QB 14 brutal Put a Desmond Ritter jersey on the wall. You're no, we're absolutely well. not doing that because Desmond Ritter was awful, and Sam Howell See? actually led an amazing comeback against the that Denver Broncos. Hating gets you nowhere. Road. Comeback. The Falcons was down 24-12 in the fourth quarter. Ritter's yeah. not good. It's gonna be tough. Heineke in who, week five. Who, I'm telling you now. Who, we could bet on that too. Oh, okay. I, look, hey, you want to like? Oh, that's fine. So, but we I, even though we even we even it was we double even. it was double or nothing. Yeah, so now yeah, it's yeah. back to nothing. You you want to go double or nothing on Ritter versus Howell this week? Uh, probably. Yo, Lions. Yeah, let's let's bet it up. <laughs> All right, bet yeah, it up. Done. Bet done. it up. I don't, and, and, and and Commanders playing the Bills, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad that, I that's think cool. Ritter is. That's He's how like I it. felt against the Packers. Like, hey, it's whatever. I'm I'm rolling with my guy. All right. So one of you will be eating good. You <laughs> know who else is eating good? It is we'll Brian both be Robinson. Eating good, but one of us will be paying at Applebee's. Brian Robinson, yes, yes. RB five on the season. Yeah. Uh, week three, he comes in as RB twenty one for you here, Barry. Jay, I'll start with you though for Brian Robinson. Just think, you know, we don't have too much bias on this answer. Can he keep this going? <laughs> I think he can. I mean, last year his yards per carry stuff was bleak, but at the same time, he was the number eight running back by PFF grade last year. That's his same ranking this year. He's just really good. He's just a really good running back. He runs angry, and I've got bad news for everyone. I think the commanders might be semi-decent. <laughs> I think they might be a semi-decent team. The fact that they were able to put up 35 on what last year was a really strong Broncos defense and has most of the same personnel. Unfortunately, Sam Howell looks Solid, good. He looks better than any of the rookie quarterbacks uh, that we've seen so far this year. So I think that uh, I think that Brian Robinson can keep this going, and he's getting the work in the backfield, Matthew. Uh, look, he is. I mean, at least twenty touches in both games this season. What's exciting to me is through two games so far this year, he's got forty-nine receiving yards. He had sixty total receiving yards last year. The fact that he's just not a nothing in the past game, I think, makes it really exciting. And look at the upcoming schedule for my beloved commanders, my 2-0 commanders. Again, you're not 2-0. You don't understand what this is like. But Lawrence, I'm 1-1 one one like the Chiefs and the Bills. Lawrence, and Lawrence Connor and I all understand yeah. the feeling of being 2-0. and You guys, the box. Uh, home, wait, Falcons. Exactly. <laughs> Powerhouses. <laughs> Powerhouses. Yeah. Power uh, we're going to bet on that yeah. one, too. Uh, but here's their next, here's their next four. Bills at Eagles, home to Chicago at Atlanta. Three of the next four opponents are bottom half of the NFL in terms of rushing defense. That includes the Bills. Bills, very surprisingly, so far through two weeks of the season, they are 19th against the run. So I guess they've just been able to effectively run the ball. They will. So, uh, yeah, Brian Robinson, you know, is is a top 20 play. 
you know, I am at 21 in my initial ranks, but like he's basically he's a solid RB too. Yeah, and with the Bills defense, like Jordan Poyer doesn't look right at all. He he's been bad, and B- Brees Hall did to that defense <clears> as well in Week One. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Robinson has a better day than you would expect because the Bills defense sounds scary, but it hasn't been so scary. The other thing is, is that Antonio Gibson, one of the team things he struggled with is fumbles, especially in the red zone. When they get in close, it's going to Brian Robinson. Yep. Another player off to a sizzling start, Puka Nakua, of course. He comes in as wide receiver three after two weeks. For Barry, he comes in as a top ten wide receiver, uh, wide receiver nine. I mean, listen, Barry, we talked about Puka Nakua before the season started, but this kind of volume while Cooper Cup's been out has been insane for the rookie wide receiver. He has 35 targets this year, leads the NFL. And you're like, well, who's number two? Justin Jefferson. <laughs> okay, fine. But, but get this. Puka Nakua has 35 targets through yeah. two games. Number two is Justin Jefferson with 25. Yeah. He he's literally like, um, what's the math there, Jay? He's like 20 percent better. <laughs> like, he's like, uh, what's, uh, he's like 30 uh, percent yeah. better. The way I think about it is like Mike Evans is having the best start to his career. Basically, these first yeah. two Puka Nakua's got twice as many targets as Mike Evans. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I, I tell my daughters. When you grow up and marry somebody, find somebody that looks at you the way that Matthew Stafford looks he, at Puka he, Nakua. He is looking uh, I at mean, him. it's unbelievable. I, the other thing is, is that the schedule lines up nicely. Uh, now, they're at Cincinnati this week. The Bengals have been sort of up and down. But uh, after, after Cincinnati, they're playing at the Colts. Colts 29th against the pass. Then they're at Philadelphia, which is 31st against the pass so far. The, the Eagles defense ain't the Eagles defense from last year through two games. I mean, the Vikings went in there and put up a lot of points on them, a lot of yards as well. They had a lot of offseason losses, Philadelphia did. So they're going to keep throwing, and they're going to keep throwing to Puka Nakua. We don't know what this offense looks like when Cooper Cup comes back, but it's at least two games until that. So, yeah, Puka Nakua clearly a top ten play. I don't know anyone that has Nakua on their team that ain't starting him this week. He, he's uh, he's on a better pace than what uh, Cooper Cup was the year he won the Triple Crown, so he's eating good and everybody neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Coming into the season, I thought that MVP would be between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I didn't anticipate it would be between Puka Nakua and Baker Mayfield, but <laughs> here we are at the moment. I think this is just its just real. And the test will come when Cooper Cup comes back and how much of a hit he takes. He will take a hit, clearly, but until that point, yeah, he's just locked and loaded as a top 10 play. Our last one here, Lawrence. It doesn't matter what kind of hit he takes, just in the sense that, like, because you got him for free. Exactly. Whatever yeah. you get out of him post-Cooper Cup is still... Profit. And if he turns into what Tutu Atwell has done the first two weeks, that's still a really good wide receiver. Still a really good wide receiver. Yep. All right. Our last one here, Lawrence Hunter Henry, who really wasn't even drafted in plenty of leagues, and he right now he's tight end two in fantasy. He comes in as tight end ten for Barry in week three. When you look at New England's offense, it feels like so much of the targets, especially in the red zone, they're looking Hunter Henry's way. Yeah, he's eating good as well. I actually have him at tight end eight this week. How can we not after a second consecutive week with at least six targets, five receptions, and over 50 yards? Oh, and he scored in both of those games. Like you said, when they get to the end zone, he's the guy. I I wanted to see the Patriots not have to throw 55 times and see Hunter Henry still get this vibe. He's the clear tight end that they want to play over uh, Mike Gusecki. So I'm, I'm riding with him. In this tight end landscape, yeah, I, you got to ride with him. Yeah, look, he scored in both weeks, and, and I don't know that that necessarily continues every week, and that's what's kind of helped his fantasy value. But I think there's a couple things that are going in his favor, right? And, and this is one of the reasons why, like, go back and look. He was on my preseason love list. Like, he was a sleeper that we talked about in the preseason because I was like, listen, He's somebody that throughout his career has always been kind of a touchdown machine. We, we've talked about this, how scoring touchdowns is is a viable trait. And, like, whether it was with the Chargers or with the Patriots, he's always just sort of been this red zone threat who just finds a way to get open in the end zone. Uh, we've talked about the fact that we think this offense is going to be a lot more competent under Bill O'Brien, and it has been. Like, I'm with you, Lawrence. They don't want Mac Jones throwing it 50 times a game. But I think they're certainly more comfortable in opening it up yeah. under Mac Jones. It's a much more competent professional offense. Bill O'Brien likes to run a lot of 12. And throughout preseason, Hunter Henry was was clearly ahead of, from all the beat reporters and everything like that, Hunter Henry was clearly ahead of Mike Kosicki. There's a connection there. I mean, Hunter Henry and Mac Jones have played together for two years and whatever, two games at this point. Um, He's tied for the team lead in red zone targets. And, you know, I mean, again, even if he hadn't scored the touchdown, he he still had five for 50. He's been five for 50 in two straight games. So, is Hunter Henry a tight end one the rest of the way? Yeah, especially given the bar that it takes to clear. 
Like, I'll ask you guys this. Rest of the season, who would you rather have, Hunter Henry or Pat Fryermuth? I'd rather have Hunter Henry. I'd rather have Hunter Henry. Henry. I don't want to this exact situation Henry. in my main league. He's leading their team in receiving yards right I, now. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, Pat Fryermuth was drafted as a top eight yeah. fantasy tight end, yeah. and you guys were – and I, by the way, I agree with you. And all were like – there was no hesitation. Yeah. So I think. Close I mean, right I think I'm going to start. I've got. In, I'm facing you in fantasy this week, and I've I've got a decision between Pat Frymuth and Zach Ertz. I might go Zach Ertz, to be honest. I actually, I'll go Zach Ertz. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want targets. you to beat me, but <laughs> I mean, when you look at my rankings, <laughs> I mean, listen, they're, they're, playing, they're playing Dallas, so you know well, they're going to have uh, to throw a ton because they're going to be down by 50 well, points. Well, honestly, they're going to have to throw a ton, and they're going to have to throw it short because yeah. Michael Parsons is going to be in Josh Dobbs' face within uh, one and a half seconds. So it's just. Not going to be a lot of long plays. No. So the main reason that you like Hunter Henry over Pat Frymuth is that Kenny Pickett has been a disaster to this point. He may get better, but Mac Jones looks more like rookie Mac Jones than last year's Mac Jones, and that's Correct. a good thing. He looks very competent, and even though they're 0-2, like they very easily could have beaten the Eagles. They could have sent the Miami game to OT as well. They're fine. This is a competent offense, and guys will be able to put up value. I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Uh, Penn State Blake, when he wasn't bemoaning his, um, you know, his 0-2 start, he, uh, he sent me a note here and just said, like, um, you think about last week, right? Six different drives the Patriots had in Miami territory resulted in three points total. Like, again, the Patriots just have – no, but honestly, yeah, they've, they've had some bad luck. The point is, is they've, they've had some bad luck. They had some early turnovers as well. And so I just think that, uh, some, you know, they'll, they'll have a little bit more success in the red zone. Uh, in the red area as well as that offense as they continue to learn under Bill O'Brien and get used to that uh, used to that offense here. They're on the road at the Jets this week. That'll be a tough matchup. But again, like again, think when you think about that matchup, right, you've got Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I mean, you know, so you don't love Devontae Parker and Kend- Kendrick Bourne. What's going right. to be available to you is the middle of the field. Yep. Yeah. Like that's where Mac Jones and is going to have to go. he's going to take that anyway. Yeah. So he's definitely doing it now. Yeah. So anyway. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we're back, we're going back to keep it open or close it out. Of course, talking Justin Fields and Najee Harris. Some tough decisions to make coming up right after this. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The lights don't get any brighter as Notre Dame Stadium will set the scene for a matchup built for primetime. It's the number six Ohio State Buckeyes and the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 7 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and Peacock. Keep it open or close it out. This is our variation since we are at the bar of a little start-sit action. And we're going to start with the player that... Man, the spotlight is just on Justin Fields this year, fellas. I mean, Jay, when you look at Fields' start to the season, not exactly how Bears fans had hoped. And we look at fantasy perspective, not even getting that production this year either as he comes in as QB 21 on the season. For Barry going into the week, he is QB 12. Do you still feel comfortable starting Justin Fields? Not really, no. I think the issue with Fields is that, so last year, and people seem to gloss over this, he averaged 149 passing yards per game. Like, that's insanely low. Bryce Young was set at 189 passing yards uh, in the Monday night matchup, and that's about as low as you're going to get for a quarterback. So Fields was always dependent on his rushing ability, and so much of that value last year came on these 60, 70-yard runs that he was just breaking every week. And if he's not getting that on the ground, which he hasn't been, then all of a sudden he has to be a better passer, and it just hasn't been there at all, Matthew. He's made no strides through two weeks. And you mentioned the lack of rushing. He's got four rushing attempts. It's insane. Where are the four design Four rushing runs? attempts. He's been under 15 fantasy points in both games this year. In 16 of his 17 career games, he's had under 220 passing yards. It's not a great matchup with Kansas City. Now, they got a little bit lucky against Jacksonville, but the fact of the matter is, is Chris Jones is back, and that is the third-best scoring defense in the NFL through the first two weeks. I got a lot of grief in the preseason about why didn't you name Justin Fields your ride or die? Everyone thought I was going to name Justin Fields my ride or die, and he was on the list at one point. And then the more I looked at it, I I saw, like, hey, that fantasy value was so – Inflated is probably not the wrong word, but just like he had these crazy 60, 70-yard touchdown runs that just is unsustainable. That's right. And so I will say this. This is shocking to me, the fact that they're not having designed runs for him and that he hasn't progressed any as a passer, that I thought adding DJ Moore would help him. And look, the, the jury's still out, but listen, on the road at Kansas City this week, that's a tough place to play. I can't imagine 
Like, when my love-hate list comes out, he's going to be on it this week. I just don't know how you feel comfortable starting him this week. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not dropping him, but I'm closing it out for sure. And in leagues in where I have Justin Fields, I have him in a few. Like, I've been aggressive at trying to get another quarterback to start this week. Yep, he's been QB 21 to date against two defenses in the Packers and Bucks. who were fine, but they're not, you know, he's not going up against the Cowboys or anything. And he's been in game scripts, which should be favorable to accumulating fantasy points. And he's QB 21. Well, you mentioned the game script here. This is a, uh, the, the Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half points. So this is the type of game that you would uh, hope he could rack up at some point. I- I'm going to leave it open because I have a Matt quarterback 11 this week, right? You mentioned the 149 yards uh, passing per game last season. He's at least got that to 213 right now. So, But the problem is... Ain't no rushing. So, like, you want the 213 passing yards yeah. with the – like You can have the 64 what, passing yards back. Let's get right, the 70 what rushing. You're, what you're yes. hoping for here is that Chris Jones gets through the line and Justin Fields running for his life all on Sunday, which could certainly happen. Just break one right? time. And he's one of those guys that, like, all he needs is one of those to make his – you know, I mean, like, he, he breaks yeah. up a 60-yard run for a touchdown. That's major day. I'm going to put him on the hate list, and maybe that will vault him to, uh, to getting out of this funk. Because, you know, like, I had Kirk Cousins on the hate list each of the last two weeks. He's made me look stupid. Um, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, love hate's been pretty good so far this year. But my quarterback hate has been a, uh, an Achilles heel, if you were. I've, I've, I've just missed a lot there. And uh, he'll be on the hate list this week. So, I'm nervous about it with, uh, with Fields. Again, like, yeah, it's just. I think a lot of people drafted guys like Jared Goff and Geno Smith to be their backup in favorable matchups. Are you starting both of those guys over fields this week? It's I close, right? I mean, again, like I'm at, I have him at 12. So, I mean, he's like he's a borderline starter for me. Again, Lawrence has him at 11. I'm at 12. I will say this. I mean, like, again, they're 12-and-a-half-point underdogs. I kind of like the Chiefs to cover there. <laughs> like, right, look, yeah. honestly, the Bears haven't been able to stop anyone. And uh, I just feel like yeah, yeah, at <laughs> home – this is a Mahomes gets right game. Yes. It, last right week up. was Kelsey's first game, yep. first game back, and the, you know whatever. Tony and Moore looked and, better. And Tony and Moore looked better as well. You know, Justin Watson got a pass interference call that would have added to the total. I think this is back to being. Oh yeah, those are the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Feels that's, like that's feels like forty one to fourteen. <laughs> feels like this could just be a, an ass kicking. Yeah. Let's so, move over to Najee Harris here. On the season, he just sneaks in as a top 50 running back. He's RB48. Barry comes in this week as RB26 for you. We've seen more of Jalen Warren, especially in the past game. For everybody that was really nervous about Najee Harris to draft him this season, as we saw his ADP fall, they look right. Yeah, I mean, the people that were nervous to draft him are 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. The person who's not, who not nervous to draft him, that's fine. Got him three rounds after his ADP. Terrible process from Jay there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll never do that again. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> maybe, the maybe there round. was a reason. Maybe there was a reason. He's got like 27. All right, That's it's fine. fine. Yeah. And listen, anytime you can use a six-round pick on running back 50, <laughs> you got to do it. Listen. That's what you're saying here. There's two, there's two problems. One, he's been terrible. So <laughs> the other problem That's is big that one. his offensive line is a complete been mess. Worse. It's been, been some, worse. It wasn't it's a strength last year. It's somehow it's gotten worse. Yeah. These young players who generally young players get better. They've all gotten worse. Uh, and every time that he's on the field, it just feels like he's running in mud. And then Jalen Warren comes in, and it feels like he's running downhill. Yeah. And it just feels like a matter of time before that flips and Jalen Warren's the starter. And you, and you know what's crazy? A lot of what people complained about Najee Harris was his yards per carry. In the first two games, that's over four and a half yards. Okay, but here's the thing. The I problem, watched that game. Eight of those runs yeah, went right. absolutely nowhere, right, and then he broke right. two in the first right. quarter. The, the, the problem is this. He only has 16 carries through two games. The offense ain't good, so there's not as many uh, goal line opportunities, and he's not getting the targets. This is a dude who has 70-plus yeah, catches as a rookie. Yeah, he's man. getting none of that no, now. It's all going to Jalen Warren. He's played under 60% of the snaps in both games. He's had under 45 rushing yards in both games this season. The only thing you can sort of hang your hat on here, and he comes in at running back 26 for me this week, is that he's playing Las Vegas. And so far through two weeks, the Raiders have the sixth worst run defense in the NFL on the road at Las Vegas. This is their home opener, right? And they're one and one. There's there's some optimism. Right? Mm-hmm. They they lost a tough one, but they won a they won a nice one in week one, um, you know, and whatever they they lost big at Buffalo. That happens to a lot of teams. 
I, I don't think you're ready to write off the Raiders yet. My guess, my point is, is that there's a chance Las Vegas sort of comes up for this game in their home opener uh, against the Steelers. It's Sunday night football. It's prime time. NBC and Peacock tune in to see if Najee Harris can <laughs> hey, be terrible. Najee Harris can get the 50 rushing yards. Raiders minus order. two and a half. Well, look, this line opened like one, one and a half. Everyone is betting the Raiders. Uh, all the shops in the market have hammered the Raiders, and they're now two and a half point favorites. I still think you know, they cover that. The I, I do been too. Terrible. You know what? I will tell you this. Every time you're ready to write off the Steelers, here comes Mike Tomlin. Like I just, I'm not going to ever say like, not mm. Mike Tomlin's going to like Ben Roethlisberger for a lot of that though, and now he's got Kenny Pickett, who uh, is saying. Who, by the way, who that. went what seven and two down the stretch last year? They were like, this yeah. team's awful. Kenny Pickett's awful, and that team, that team was playing for a playoff spot in the final week of last year. Yeah. To put a bow on this, I, you, I'm you just start Najee this week because it's Las Vegas. I, I, um, I mean, if I'm if I'm Jay Croucher against me, I am absolutely. <laughs> I'm I think you should. Now. Listen, You're out. No, I mean, look, I'm, at, no I'm, at, uh, I'm at 26. I mean, uh, literally, like during the commercial break, I was telling you, a friend of mine literally texted me. I'm thinking about starting Zach Moss over Najee Harris. Am I crazy? And I'm like, you're not crazy. That's all like, you need to know, right? Uh, Zach, I mean, you're not crazy for that. Like Zach, Zach Moss, Moss got 90 percent of the carries wow. last week. We'll see if Richardson plays. He's in the concussion protocol. But the fact that that's a legitimate question: Should I play Zach Moss or Najee Harris? Should tell you to your point, Lawrence. Everything you need to know. I'm gonna. I, oh God, I can't stand. I'm, that I'm, tells I'm you gonna, what you need to know too. Yeah. I'm gonna close that it out. I'm gonna close close. It. I mean, again, I'm at 26, and I don't feel good about it. I think I might be too high on him at 26. Lawrence, how about another running back that's yeah, just it, barely holding? He probably on. falls into the end zone in this one. That's that's mm. the key here. Is that he probably he has falls, to? Yeah, yeah. He right. has to. Yeah, that's Someone's that's the only hope he got because he yes. can't run forward. His offensive line needs to push him in. No, but you know, it's you know, so. It's, yeah. it's a good matchup. That's the positive. Side. Raiders win. Okay. Lawrence, <laughs> yeah. another running back in a but similar you think ranking. Like the Raiders win, but you think the Steelers cover. No, no, I think the Raiders will You think win the Raiders cover? Cover yeah, the two and a half. Oh, interesting. But Jimmy's being good. Jimmy yeah, is good yeah. when he's healthy. He's a good quarterback. Josh McDaniels. Oh, we don't know that about Kenny Pickett yet. Yeah, That's fair. I think Pickett gets back on track. I think they get yeah. back on track. I think the Raiders win this one. I think the Steelers might cover this one, actually. Okay. I think this is going to be closer than uh, people give it credit for. But we'll see. Another running back in a similar spot, Damian Pierce. He's RB46 on the season. The Texans, they're missing multiple starters on the offensive line. They are dealing with a young quarterback that's actually looked yeah. solid, but yeah. he's still going through some ups and downs as well. With Damian Pierce right now, Lawrence, the thing that stands out to me, he's only played 47% of the snaps in these first two games. This could be the script the Texans are looking at often. Right, and that's the thing you worry about. If he was playing, you know, 70% of the snaps, you might feel different. And based on his ranking right now, we're actually being generous. I got him at RB28 this week. The problem with this is the Jags are nine-and-a-half-point favorites, so you kind of know how you expect this game to go much like the other ones, right? So when that happens, you see less Damian Pierce because he's, you know, he's a runner, never has been, you know, uh, efficient in getting volume in the receiving game. So I'm going to close it out on him just because of how I think the game script going to go. Uh, and, and they throwing the ball. They looking good throwing the ball. They getting it. We, we talking about picking up their receivers, Robert Woods and Tank Dell, as opposed to, you know, should we start Damian Pierce? So yeah. I'm going to have to close it out this week. So yeah. last night, uh, my one-year-old daughter woke up at like 2 a.m. and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I'm scrolling through Twitter and just randomly, like 2.15 a.m., I just watched this Twitter clip of every single CJ Stroud drop back from week two. That's how sick I am. Just watching that at 2.15 in good, the morning. Though. And uh, he had no chance at all with that offensive line. It was like Tom Hardy in Mad Max Fury Road trying to escape all the guys chasing him. It was yep. absolutely insane. And Damian Pierce... By osmosis had no chance whatsoever either. And this team is missing 80% of its offensive line. And until Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, until those guys come back, just no running back is going to be viable. You put mm. pick Jonathan Taylor behind these guys, he's got no chance at all. If you've got three defensive linemen swarming you the moment you, catch the, you get the ball. Jacksonville, by the way, so far this season has allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards to running backs. Now, week one was against the Colts with, you know, Deion Jackson and like, you know, so and, and week two was against the Chiefs and that was a game that was offensively challenged. But like there's a chance the Jaguars do have a decent run defense here. I'm they with you in terms you. of the, the offensive line is brutal. I do think things get better for Damian Pierce. I think he's a talented player. They play the Pittsburgh Steelers in week four, which has been a bad run defense so far, and then the Falcons in week five, and hopefully they get some offensive linemen back for those games as well. So I'm, I'm not ready to bail on Damian Pierce season-wise, but I'm with Lawrence. Uh, 
and Jay here. I'm closing it out for week number three. He's my running back 29. I'm even lower on him than yeah. Lawrence. As you said, you had him at 28. 28. Yeah, yeah, you love him. Yeah, you yeah, love him. I mean, like, I mean compared, compared, to, compared to where he actually ranked, yeah, I do. That's it's, uh, <laughs> that's fair. It's uh, factually correct. By the way, I like Jay sitting here going, you know, it's like that scene in, uh, in Mad Max where Tom Harris being chased. Like, that's the entire movie. Exactly. It's, it's the, the Houston entire, Texans the, offense. It's literally the entire <laughs> It's an hour and a half of just – by the way, it's an amazing it's movie. It's very good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Almost but as good all, as Magnolia. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Don't yeah. give me start back Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same. Yeah, great film. Doesn't make a lot of not sense. Not chasing. Film. There's not enough chase scenes <laughs> yeah. in Magnolia. Yeah. Yeah. To be true. perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, another less, running back. Less male nudity, more chase scenes, <laughs> and then that movie would have had me. <laughs> another running back off to a tough star, Alexander Madison. A little better than Pierce Najee Harris. He comes in as RB34. But Barry, the good news for Madison is mm. he sees the Chargers this week. Maybe leave this one open a little longer. Yeah, I'm at running back 12. The, the positives of Madison is he's getting a massive workload. 74% of the snaps through week two, 74% of the team's running back touches. Chargers are 30th in scoring defense. They've allowed three rushing touchdowns in two games here. And since the start of last year, the Bolts are allowing 5.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. That's the most in the NFL. This offense is rolling. The, the reason the Vikings have lost, honestly, is a little bit on their, on their defense and you know a couple of bad breaks. They haven't been able to get the, um, uh, the running game going. I think that changes against Brandon Staley. Now, there's probably a chance that Brandon Staley also is like, I'm going to just put single coverage on Justin Jefferson. That works so well against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So I'll just, I'll just put, uh, I'll put some random dude on uh, Justin Jefferson and see how that goes. Uh, but I'm standing by Alexander Madison. I think he's a talented player. It's a good matchup. He's getting massive volume. Yeah, with this game, too, in the uh, over-under at 54-and-a-half, you could imagine that both teams will have opportunities at the goal line. Now, last week I had Madison at running back 30. He ended up 34. I'm not as high on him this week as you, Matthew. That's like Snoop Dogg high. But I did move him up to to, to – uh, <laughs> Shout Rick out Dog, to Snoop Dogg. Tom Hardy, Baby Wake Up, <laughs> I do have him, I do have him at running back 21, and he's been getting 74% of the Vikings running back touches. So I'm keeping it open this week as well. Yeah. Well, look, I think the thing here, uh, Snoop Dogg aside, is, uh, well, speaking of that, the total's <laughs> also really high. Uh, yeah. and as you mentioned, Lawrence, 54 and a half. It's a touchdown higher than any other game this right. week. There's yeah. going to be a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, Matthew's high as Snoop Dogg. Yeah. No, high as Snoop Dogg, high as my cholesterol. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like a lot whatever. of jokes to be had there. It's yeah. really, right. Just, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Yeah. Um, sure. But, um, but, yeah, you like them. Sure, yeah, I like it. I thought you were going to do better than the cholesterol thing. I think you maybe had some more, uh, some non-PG-13 ones cooking there. That's right, stay employed. Poor poor, poor Alexa's been buried in (laughs) HR emails all week. Like, I just, you know, like, give her a day off. Poor Alexa. That's good to hold back sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) rare for us. All right, next one up here, Jay. Rashad Bateman, this is the toughest ranking we have on the list. Wide receiver. Did I ever tell you the time that I... An East Lansing? Yeah, no, I did, no, I'm not going to go into the East Lansing story, but this is a very quick Snoop Dogg story. I only have one, I have one Snoop Dogg story. Like so I was supposed to, uh, Snoop Dogg was doing a what we called a car wash at ESPN, where it's like they come in and they do show after show after show after show. And we actually had Snoop Dogg uh, scheduled to be on my podcast. I was supposed to interview Snoop. And so we're sitting there, it's like on a 1230 or whatever time we were supposed to do the interview. And I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, done show, done show, done show. And literally, we're like, "Where's Snoop?" And like, you know, and we're like we're texting or emailing like the the handler that's bringing Snoop around. And like, we finally get the response: "We're so sorry, Snoop had to get stoned." <laughs> literally, like this, like it just, and also this is like like no pretense at all. Like Snoop just, you know, like he'd been doing shows all morning so and he had a long afternoon and just sorry he bored us. And so what I did though, uh, what I did was I. Um, uh, I had another guy, like, I, I don't know if you guys know Christopher Harris, who does his own thing, um, was, but was a fantasy analyst at, um, at ESPN at the time. And so he was a guest uh, on the show. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do the Snoop Dogg interview. But I haven't had any questions prepared for you, Chris Harris. I've only got the Snoop Dogg questions. <laughs> so I just did an interview with, I just did my Snoop Dogg questions for Christopher <laughs> Harris, um, who is probably the most opposite, if you, don't, if you know him at all. He's completely opposite of Snoop Dogg. Uh, you know, and it's just like, all right, so, you know, uh, Chris, how do you keep your pimp hand strong? You know, and so it was like, it was like so it was all those interviews. Is, uh, and then the code of that is that, like, um, and then we published it, like, you know, Snoop Dogg blew us off, but we still did the interview anyway. <laughs> 
And Snoop quote tweeted it and said, that's pretty funny, you know, and like, ha, ha, ha. And he sent me a DM, like, saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry I owe you one. Like, that's actually really funny. Good for you guys or whatever. So, anyway, there you go. Little Snoop Dogg uh, D4. Pit, a little sod. Strong. Yeah. Anyway. Rashad Bateman. All right, anyway. Rashad Bateman. <laughs> anyway, this is, this, I'm just saying, this, is a, this is a pro Snoop Dogg table, yes, is no, what I'm saying. Absolutely. This is a show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, day. Pro Snoop. Nice. Pro Snoop. High approval rating. Uh, yeah. Anti Rashad Bateman table, though, I would have thought. Yes. Connor. He has six targets in two games for offense that was advertised as an explosive high octane passing offense, but it's kind of just been the offense that it was last year, more or less. I think the only guy that you want in the pass game, well, look, you want Mark Andrews as a tight end, and then outside of that, it's Zay Flowers, who's still, like, he got the yards last week, but it was kind of on one bomb. He's not getting the targets either, and Rashad Bateman's much further down the pack. Single-digit fantasy points in six straight games played. Go, I didn't rank him this week. As right. He's played just 50% of the snaps. I said this on my Twitter thread. I did 10 Twitter takeaways or whatever, uh, and, uh, I, you know, 10, 10 takeaways thread or something. I don't know what I called it. Something illiterate. Um, but um, well, Illiterate with an A, not an I. But all I'm going to say is, is that I have no problem if you drop Rashad Bateman. I was dead wrong on Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers. Yep. I'm not starting any Raven that isn't named one of those three names. And you'd rather have Odell over Rashad Bateman at this point. Well, we'll see about the ankle. We'll see, but like... You don't want him anyway. You, you don't want any of these guys. Like, I have, we, we did our waiver show yesterday, and, and Rashad Bateman was on the feel free to drop. Welcome to Dumpsville, population you. (laughs) Lawrence, our last one here, Juju Smith-Schuster, who only has – is averaging 7.6 points per game. We thought he could potentially be the number one for this Patriots offense. It really – he's not been involved at all. He's wide receiver 66 on the season. He's unranked for Barry in this week's rankings. Is it time to – Kind of call it a day. With starting look, Juju. Juju, if you if you see this, look, you know you my dog. You my player X partner right here. We both repping player X. But, man, they got to treat you like you was on the Chiefs. They got to treat you like when you was in Pittsburgh. Matthew Bear's about to say something right here. But let me finish real quick. Look, Juju. <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just gonna give go you. Ahead, go I was just gonna give you props. That was a uh, that was a yeah, Matthew Barry esque plug. Yeah, that was like that was seamless. seamless. Like, I, really I, don't, good. I don't just show up. I show up and learn. Yeah, that's <laughs> I good. learn the game. That's well done. That's but right. uh, but 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 yeah. Juju, you behind? You yeah. know, you don't behind? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. You, you, uh, you behind Hunter hit Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne right now in targets. So man, for this week, I got I, you got the bread though. You got the wide receiver uh, one bread, and we and I love that for you. But this week. Got to close it out. I think oh, uh, we awkward board meeting between uh, <laughs> over there at Player X between well, you and Juju. Everyone you to know what we really need? Is we need Player X to be an investor in FantasyLife.com, and then we can just really bring it all together. We're going to have eight CD Lamb get involved too. Yeah, fantastic. Love, love my guy. Everybody eating good, Jay. Honestly, look, he's averaging three point nine yards per target. That's fifty third out of sixty two qualified wide receiver with a minimum of ten targets. Here, he's got an under fourteen percent target share. I think his knees are shot. I got to be honest with you. Like, love the player. Wish him to. I just. I doesn't feel like you can count on any kind of consistent success. They don't think so, right? No, it doesn't. I, I mean, they paid him like they could, and then maybe they reality sunk in quick. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want a deep league stash uh, on the Patriots, Demario Douglas, the rookie. Yeah. I think you're going to see him. He had the bad fumble last week, but that's a kid that I know that they the really like, yeah, they and love that. Him. that Second half of the year, I think he's going to earn some more trust. And as the season doesn't go the way the Patriots want, they need to get him more reps as well. But I think it's not counting Hunter Henry. For me, it's Kendrick Bourne, it's Devontae Parker, and then maybe it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. All right. Crush your Sunday scaries next weekend with the best remedy possible, Sunday night football. Check out NBCSports.com slash ScaryGoodSNF to enter for a chance to win a trip for two to a Sunday night football game next season. And check out our watch party Schedule. We're taking one more break when we're back. It's early line alert for week three, including a handful of games DraftKings expects to go down to the wire. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and today new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. 
Totally. Well, the Magpies could use me. That's yeah, yeah, they could. That's true. Against Greater Western Sydney. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, preliminary final. I'm, 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 uh, I'm taking Sydney and giving the points. <laughs> okay, yeah, ten and a half. There you go. Is that what it is? Yeah, the yeah, line plus is ten, ten and a half. half. Yeah. The fact that you know. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> too quick. The, the fact that you know off the top of your head what uh, the line is sick, for uh, the as, Australian rules football. It's the football. sickness that does it. Yes. Yeah. You, are de- you are degenerate of degenerates. As always, Jay, all over the lines. And it's an early line alert for us. I want to do a game where you, me, maybe Lawrence, we'll see. Uh, We'll see if he can find a clean player (laughs) X uh, outfit to come. He's only got like six. Um, uh, Where we just basically, you know, yell random sporting events at Jay and see if he knows the line. Like, you know, like, hey, here's like this, here's this ping pong tournament in Korea. Like, do you know who, you know, like, what? And just have to make it really hard. Get like Liberty in the playoffs. That's too easy. No, that's too easy. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. No, we're not doing any WNBA stuff. That stuff he knows (laughs) like the back of his hand. It's got to be like obscure stuff. It's got to be like, you know. Yeah, like cricket. Like, you know, yeah. it's got to be, mean, that, that, might be that might be too easy as well. Australian. It's an international yeah. uh, renaissance, man. Yeah. Renaissance. Renaissance, renaissance yeah. man. That's right. Interesting yeah. you like Greater Western Sydney, even with Nick Dacos back for Collingwood. Interesting. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just saying that to Jacana the other day. Yeah. Uh, we were texting about that. We yeah. have our own private text. Yeah, yeah. Where we, exactly. Where we, uh, where we talk. <laughs> we're talking about Nick Dacos and the yeah. Collingwood no, we, we, Yeah, it's a bunch of Australian rules football because yeah. we don't want you to come in and, and ruin yeah. our good time. Well, yeah, we named the chat, too. Yeah. It just says, okay. happy hour cool. without Jay. Uh, <laughs> happy hour without Jay. Yeah. All right. Sad. What do you got for us, Jay? <laughs> hey, DraftKings, how's that sponsorship going? Yeah. We're thrilled All with right. the Collinwood Magpies. Yeah, go Pies. Uh, my favorite line this week, the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Uh, not to be confused with the high-octane Collinwood Magpies offense. They are only six-point favorites home to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos just gave up 35 points to your commanders, who I yep. think are better than expected, but they're still not the Dolphins offense. Expecting Theron Armstead will be back, Jalen Phillips. We'll see what happens with Jalen Waddle. But I think this Dolphins team is a juggernaut. I think they're unstoppable on offense. This Denver defense hasn't been as good as it was last year as well. I think this line should be a touchdown and the Dolphins will cover minus six. If you like points and you like overs, take the Chargers at uh, Chargers and the Vikings at 54 and a half right here. This is the empty calorie quarterback stat padding championships. I got Justin Herbert as my quarterback three, Kirk Cousins as my quarterback seven. Take your overs on the all prop best. Right. If you like points, go with Lawrence's game. If you don't like points, <laughs> take mine. I want the under on 39 Titans versus Browns. Like, both teams are a top three rush defense. I don't know how they score. No Nick Chubb. Like, they can't throw. It's all going to be on Deshaun Watson because they're not going to be able to run against Tennessee. (laughs) I think Watson looks terrible. I'm taking the under. I don't know how either of these teams score. I like the under on the Titans-Browns. I'm looking at under Texans-Jaguars. I think it's going to be an ugly game. It's at 43 and a half. That'll go down, I think, throughout the week. For Connor J and Lawrence, I'm Matthew. It's closing time. you got to go home. Peace out. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.